So you have noticed how uh, I avoid talking about current event um, in this shiurim, but there is something that uh, it's, it's been on my mind and I, I really can't just ignore it and, and go through um, these very difficult days without mentioning the way the Gemara, the way the Torah looks at these things. So you know that um, there is a huge demonstration that is planned for tomorrow where many people, Rabbanim, community organizations um, of all types, have urged everyone to go in, not, not shy very much to, uh, to hear because it's far away, but nonetheless. And here's a question. The question is, is, is demonstration, is that a right approach? Is this something, is it useful, number one? Um, is it helpful? And is it the right approach? Is it the right thing to do? And if yes, what should be our focus when it comes to these demonstrations? We look in the Torah and we find out what is, the right, what is the right approach? You might be surprised to find out that, in fact, demonstration is not a new thing. Um, you know, close to 2,000 years ago, uh, in the Gemara, there are stories of demonstrations, you know, after the Chub, when the Romans were in Eretz Yisrael. And this is actually what I want to discuss today, which is a very short uh, story in Maseches Rosh Hashanah, Dafutes Amudalef. A bit of a background with this story in the Gemara Masachas Rosh Hashanah is that there was a time in um, there was a time in which after the Churban, of course, the Eden were were many Eden were in Israel. And Russian, the the Romans, sorry, the Romans were actually ruling in Israel and giving their decrees and their laws. And there were a lot, a lot of issues. I mean, there were Gemalchus. There were there were a lot of persecution that was done, you know, even after the Chuban. Chuban is just the beginning. So it reads: Besrim Utmania Beadar Asa Besorza Tavali Yehudai. Over here, in the the Gemara discusses whether the dates that are mentioned in. Megillah Steinis apply today or not, and it gives an example of a date that was considered some kind of a yomter for the Yidin, in which they didn't say Tachanun and so on. And that was on the 28th of Adar. Why? Because good news, good tidings came to the Yidin. What was it? That they will not be uprooted, separated from, from the Torah. Why so? There was a time in which the Malchus Harashah, the, the wicked uh, rulers at the time, which were the Romans, made a decree of Israel, three things. They should not learn Torah, they should not make a bris, and they should be Mechal Shabbos, they should transgress the Shabbos, not keep Shabbos. Measa Yehuda ben Shamua. What did Rabbi Damishaman and his Chaverim do? They 
they went to get some advice from a noble woman. It was a, Rob, a Roman noble woman. She called because all of the leaders of Rome, meaning that they were in Retisrael, so all the rulers uh, of Rome, from Rome, who were in Retisrael, were hanging out by her often. So they went to ask, she was a nice person. So the Chachamim went to ask her, what should we do? Amro Lohem, she says, Boyu vehafginu balayla. Come and protest at night. Meaning, make a demonstration near my house at night. The Masha explains why at night is because at night it's quiet. There aren't too many people. So when you're going to start making noise and screaming your slogans, it's going to be heard. If you do it during the day when there is a hustle and bustle, it's not going to be heard. So the Chachamim did exactly that with the Yidin. They came and they made a demonstration at night. What did they scream? What was in their posters at the demonstration? Amru, they say, Ishamayim. Rashi says, Ishamayim means for the sake of Hashem. Hashem who dwells in Shamayim. For the sake, for the sake, for Hashem's name. The Shem Shamayim. In the name of Hashem. That's the way Rashi explains. Teisvah says that they were actually screaming to Hashem by saying, Hey where are you? We're calling out to you. Okay? First point that I really want to come back to. Later on, we will discuss it. The first outcry, the first slogan, the first scream, the first poster was, Returning to Hashem. And then they say, They tell the Romans, Are we not your brothers? Aren't we the sons of the same father? The sons of the same mother? It's in the Pasha of this week. Yaakov and Esau. The Romans were descendants of Edom, which is Esau. So therefore... The f- we, says the Yidden to the Romans, we have the same mother, we have the same father. In the stomach of Rivka. We the same mother. They have the same father, which is Yitzchak. As opposed to Yishmael, that was the same father, but two different mothers. Here they're saying we are the same father, we are the same mother. Therefore, you are our brothers. Why are you, why are we so different from other nations that Dafke on us, your brothers, you are putting this terrible Xeris? After the demonstration, the Romans decided that they canceled the Xeris. And that day turned out to be a yamtev. Okay. This is the end of this small paragraph that you have on your page. Now, let me just uh, give a bit of a, 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 big, a deeper explanation to this story before we go into our discussion and what it is that we learn from it. The first thing is that we must say that the fact that 
these are the three things that they say. Actually, four. First, they call out to Hashem. And then they say, we are brothers. We are the sons of the same father. We are the son of the same mother. So remember, there were three Xeris. There were three Xeris. The three Xeris was Torah, Mila, and Shabbos. So the Mepharshim are saying, the Mepharshim are saying many different things. There are many different Mepharshim over here. First of all, basically, the three things that they say, we are brothers, we are the same mother, we are the same father, relate to the three Xeris that they did. The first one was against Limuda Torah. So the first one was against Limuda Torah, they say, the Torah itself says that we are brothers. There's a Pasuk in Sefer Dvarim that says, do not antagonize the Adoimi because Adoim is your brother. So the Torah itself says that we are brothers. And you want to be Mevatel, the Torah? You, you make Xerah that you want to cancel them with the Torah? Then they say, aren't we the sons of the same father? Who is that? Is Yitzchak. Yitzchak, your father, our father, was the first person that was actually had his bris at eight days old. Avram had it 99 years old. Ishmael was 13. But Yitzchak was the first one that did the bris at eight days old, and ever since that's what we do. And this Yitzchak who did the bris at eight days old is your father as well, is your ancestor as well. And you want to be Mevatel, the mitzvah of Mila? And the third thing, they say, we have the same mother, Rivka. Now, what do we learn? That when Rivka came back, came and got married to Yitzchak, so all the things that happened to Sarah came back in her schus. What was it? The Anon on her tent. The Chale remained fresh from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. And the Shabbos candles remained lit from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. So you see a direct correlation between... Rivka and this mitzvah of Shabbos. So what they were saying, what they were saying is that those three things, Achichem Anachnu, Avechot, Emechat, Achas, those are exactly the three Xeres that you're trying to do upon, upon us. What happens? He says, what happened? The Mevatel. Uh, the Mepharshim are saying like this. How come the Mevatel? Her advice was, listen, you, you come to me because I have connection with these Romans who are making these decrees. But if I talk to them directly about it, they will know, they will realize that you, you sent me to talk to them about it. They're not going to want to listen. Just like when you went, they didn't want to listen. But if you come and you say a bunch of things, you make that demonstration in front of my house at night when it's quiet. We're going to hear the tightness. The people are going to be here having a party and they're going to hear you, your, your claims. It's going to trigger a discussion. Some of them are going to say who they think they are, why they're asking this. And then I'm going to intervene. I'm going to say, no, no, that makes sense, right? And 
you are, with your demonstration, you are triggering a discussion. And with this discussion, I'll intervene. And then I'll speak on your behalf, on your favor. And uh, then maybe they will listen. But if you don't demonstrate and it's me alone, they're not going to listen. It is better that they will discuss it. And when they discuss your problem, then I come and intervene and they, I could have some ashpah. No. That is the, uh, that is, uh, the, uh, the conclusion of this thing. They made it the yamtev. What does it mean a yamtev? It's not a yamtev to make kiddush. It's a yamtev that uh, you're not allowed to fast on, on this day. And you're not allowed to make a hesped on this day. Today we don't really keep the, um, the dates of Megillastinus, so that doesn't really apply today. But nonetheless, historically, it's interesting to know how was the Shashru Sadvarim. So over here, this story of one of the very few demonstrations, so to speak, that have been mentioned in the Gemara, about Yidin complaining to the Goim about the Xeris and about the mistreatment that they are getting, it should teach us a lot about what it is, what it is about the demonstration. Well, first thing off the bat, what do we see? Demonstration helped, right? They demonstrated, they said the peace, triggered the discussion, the Xeire were, were, were annulled. Okay, all the decrees were cancelled. So it seems that demonstrations do help. But we have to think really about how the demonstration started. The first word, Ishamayim. And whichever way you cut it, whether you're going to take the Pirush of, of, of Rashi that says, for the sake of Hashem, listen to us. Or you're going to take the Pirush of Taisvis that says, Hashem, we're turning to you. We're asking you in public to help us. Clearly, that the main focus of the administration is our reliance on Hashem. Our turning to Hashem in public. Ah, we could have done that uh, uh, in Shul. We all say till him after davening. So what do we need to do the demonstration? Is that yes, as I mentioned, there is a value to the demonstration. But you have to realize that that demonstration is only a tofel compared to the ikir, which means it's a secondary to the main thing. What is the main thing? Turning to Hashem. On this subject, the Ebbe brought a marshal that he said is brought in Sifre Musar and Sifre Chsidis. We know that Parnasa comes from the Eibishter. And the Gemara says, Everybody has to teach his son a good, honest living. An easy and honest living. And then he says, Teach him a job, but teach him to daven to the, to the one who manages wealth. That means the Eibishter. Yes, you have to teach your child a job, meaning that you have to teach him that he has to make an effort, he has to make a keili, he has to do something in order to earn a living, but teach him also that he must daven to the one who controls wealth. Because that is really the Iker. As a matter of fact, we're going to discuss this in the next story as well. The Iker is 
that the Eibishter is giving Parnasse. Birkas Hashem is Asher. The Bracha of Hashem makes us, gives us wealth. If you sit here and do nothing, you're not going to get this Bracha. You have to make a keli. The Pasuk says, Hashem will bench you in everything that you will do. This Pasuk implies two things. First of all, it implies that the Bracha comes from the Eibishter. And after that, after you're aware of that, it tells you, you need to do something. And in your action, in what you will do, Hashem's bracha will come in. Interesting, it could have been said, the pasuk could have been said exactly in the opposite order. Go to work and Hashem will bench you. Make a keili and Hashem will bless you. Hashem will give you atzlocha. Hashem will give you success in what you do. It makes sense to say it this way. Go to work and Hashem is the one who's going to give you success. The Pasuk begins, Hashem will bless you in everything that you do. Putting the everything that you do as a secondary, putting Hashem's bracha as the primary. And this is what the Gemara says. Learn a job, but daven to the one who has the wealth. The marshal that the Rebbe mentioned is brought in Sifre Musaf Sifre Chesides is, of a person who's sewing a purse because he knows he's going to need to have a place to keep all of his coins. And he spent his whole life just sewing the purse, but doing nothing about filling it up with coins. Doesn't work. Doesn't daven. Doesn't do anything for it. But he's got the keli. He's got the purse. So how silly is this? What is the nimshal over here? The Rebbe says about Parnasseh. About Parnasseh, the Rebbe says that the nimshal is that you go to work and if you think that it is your business savvy or your boss or your connection that gives you Parnasseh, you're making a mistake because you see that there are people who go to work from morning to, to, to night in the market, in the stock market, in any market. And they work very hard and they buy a sell at the end of the day. They didn't make a penny. Is because is the is the brachas that bring you the parnasa. When you are busy only with making the keli, and not with drawing the brachas from the source where that brachas comes from, you're missing out. In a situation that happened after a terrible terrorist attack in Tovshin Lamedalet, 1974, it was in. Spring, there was uh, a terrorist that came into a school in Maalot and they killed the 20 children uh, in a school. And uh, this was actually carried out by the PLO. What is that? The PLO is uh, today, uh, Abu Mazen runs it, what they call the Palestinian Authority. It has taken a new name to come across as if it is not as uh, barbaric as the other groups. Um, so they have done, they have done this, this terrible thing and, and the Rebbe said, the Shabbos after, he said, I waited for a few days. I didn't want to say anything. I waited for Rabbanim to come up and say something. I waited for a few days and all that was said is, let's have a demonstration. And what was said at the demonstration, these people hate us. 
these people are barbaric. These people have no morals. And they said, and what else is new? What did you say that we didn't know before your intervention? Ebel knows Rashi says, What should have been said? What should have been said is, Yidin, do tshuva. Right away, the Ebbe says, let me clarify. To say that there is a justification for what happened. No matter what it is that was done, no matter who it was and so on, cannot say that there is a justification for what was, was, was done. But we have to realize that everything is coming from the Eivishter. And everything the Rambam writes in Ilches Ta'anias, and this is where the discussion becomes a little, a little less comfortable, right? But that's why I'm here. The Rambam says in Ilches Ta'anias, that one, any time there is a tzorah that happens to the Yidden, in any kind of misfortune, we should never say that is min or mikre nikris. We should never say that this is the way the world goes or it just so happened. It's a hazard. It's a, that's what happened. We should say that the Eivishter is making this happen for the sake of the Yidden, for the Yidden to do tshuva. And that doesn't justify what the Goyim did. Chas v'shalem. And brings the raya from Paroi. Hashem told Avram Avinu that there will be a nation they will enslave the Yidden and they will torture the Yidden. Comes Paroi and it, it does exactly what Hashem said will happen. <laughs> what happened to Paroi and all Mitzrayim? The end was very bitter. They got punished very harshly. All the way to the sea none left. What do you want from them? They were doing what the Abishta said. They were doing what the Abishta said. They didn't have to be that shliach. In other words, we have to look, we have to separate the two things. The reshaim, the evil people, the cruelty that was done has absolutely no justification. Moreover, the Yidden who were killed simply because they were Jews. They are actually considered Kedoshim. Let me tell you another story from the Gemara. Maseches Psachim, Dafnun, Abu Dalef. The Gemara tells a story that once was Rabbi Sheben Levi's son, Rav Yosef, became sick and he actually, Rashi says, Pachon Nishmasoi, his neshama departed, he died. And when he woke up, when he came back to himself after he died, Rabbi Sheben Levi asked him, Bini, my son, what did you see there? So this is very interesting things. Maybe one day we'll go through this story, but I'll skip to that part that is important, he says. That I heard them saying, Fortunate are those who were killed by the government, killed by the goyim. There is not any creature that could stand in their mechitza, in their vicinity. They are greater than any of the tzaddikim. The Gemara says, who are these Aruge Malchus? Are we talking about Asoruge Malchus? Rabbi Akiva v'chaveirav? It can't be. Because 
Rabbi Akiva v'chaverov have other reasons why nobody else could stand in the Mechitza. There were great tzaddikim. We must be talking about people that were, that the only mile, and Rashi says, She'en acheres elazu. We're talking about people who have no other mile other than being killed because they were Jewish. Umayni, who, who were they? So it's a harugelut. There were, there were two people, two brothers that were killed in Lut. We could talk about it some other time. It's Papus and Lulianus, that there was a blood libel of a princess that was killed. They accused all the Jews and they said, we did it. So like this, they, get, they got killed instead of all of the Jews of Eretz Yisrael at the time. There were people who did not have any other maila. They did not people are known for Torah mitzvahs at all, nothing. They were killed because they were Jews. Being killed because they were Jews make them Kedoshim. And what are those Kedoshim, the Gemara says in Psachim? Not even the great Tzadikim could stand in the Mechitza in Ganeiden. So Chas V'Sholem to go and say that this happened on such a day and these people are doing this and those were the people from that area and, the, and that's why it happened to them. Chas V'Sholem to talk like this. Not have enough people in some Israeli cities who talk like yeshivas who talk like that. And this is wrong. Well, of course, but that's not, yeah, of course. But here's the point. The point is that we cannot say anything like that because those are Kedoshim. However, we have to separate, excuse me, we have to separate the two. They are Kedoshim, but we, we are not Kedoshim. We have to make a Cheshben Nefesh. We have to make a cheshben nefesh. Why is this happening to Klal Yisrael? This didn't happen just to them. What's happening now is a This is a tzorah for Bnei Yisrael. And what, what are we taking out of it? So of course we could go and demonstrate and say we stand with Israel. And then go back home in our comfort and think we did our job. We could go and demonstrate and say, these people are Rishoyim. Everybody knows that. What are we going to do to bring a change into the matzav of the world? What is this situation triggering in us? So the Rambam says that one should not say that this is Minagaoilam. And I'm paraphrasing what the Rebbe said about the Ma'alot then. He says, one should not say, this is Mina Goilam, which means that that's the way the world goes. These people hate us, they will kill us, and that's what they do. That's called saying Mina Goilam. It's not the Eivishter, that's the way the world goes. And not to say Mikronikris. Mikronikris means, okay, it's out of the ordinary, it's not Mina This kind of cruelty is not Mina Even people who hate other people, they don't kill and mutilate them just the way they did. That's, that's, you could say, it's out of the ordinary, but that's the way they behave. The Ramam says, don't say that. Say that the Eibishter is behind this for us to do tshuva. Not chas v'sholem again. I'm repeating this, because in that Maisei and Ma'alot, the Rebbe said, that ended up, that the word, the, the amount of mezuzahs, that were puzzled in the school is the amount of children that were killed. And the Rebbe said, I'm not saying this to blame and to justify what happened to the kids. For sure not. But I'm saying this to 
follow what the Rambam say, that when something happens, and you see, that was a shaykhis with a mitzvah that nischizuk. And at that time, they have said a frightening word, he said. And only now I understand why for the past few months, they were pushing me without giving me any respite to talk about Mifza Mezuzah. Who was pushing him? Milemailo. They have said, the Eivishni is pushing me for the past few months and I didn't know what they want from me. That's what he said. Not giving me any respite to constantly talk about Mifza Mezuzah. And now I understand the shaykhs. So here's the point. I want to go back again. I want to go back to this beginning of this demonstration. Yes, the demonstration is helpful, could be useful. But let us not make the mistake of the one who sold the person didn't fill it up with coins. The demonstration has to begin. Begin doesn't mean this is the first sentence we're going to say and then we go on with our life. Begin means this is to be the foundation of our approach to the situation. For the sake of Hashem. And then they mention three mitzvahs. And they say all these gzeiris are all related with, with mitzvahs, are related with you being Edoim, being Esau. And it is the schus of these mitzvahs, the schus of mentioning the Torah, that's actually brought about the bitul of this gzeira. Because it really doesn't make much sense. It's a bunch of yidin demonstrating outside in front of, of a, 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 a Roman noble woman when she's having a party with the generals. And they say, ah, oh, they're right. Okay, we cancel. I haven't seen this happen ever. But it is when that is done together with the Hagdama of Eshamayim, we're coming here for the sake of Hashem. And this is really the point. That's actually a lot harder than just go and stand in the cold in the demonstration. It's a lot harder. Make a cheshbon nefesh. Us, we. Call it survivor's guilt. Call it whatever you want. But this is when anything happens, we have to realize. The Eivishter is telling us, Yidin do tshuva. We have to increase in actions of mitzvahs, in learning more Torah and spreading Torah and putting on Tfin with people, in doing better within ourselves, working, improving ourselves. And that is what is going to bring an end to the situation. And like I mentioned the Pasuk before, the Baal Shem Tov says, the Pirush of the Pasuk, he says, from the Tzara itself will come the Yeshua. And that's really the Hayra. When there is a Tzara that comes, Tzara Ile Yaakov, we have to realize that we have to use this Tzara as an opportunity for us to improve. And therefore, Mimeno, and because of the Tzara, Yivashea, we will get the salvation and the redemption until the complete Yeshua, which is Bias Mashiach Tzitkenu, and then there will be Akitsu Veranenu Shachneafar, and all of those victims will rise up in Trias Amazing.